Guardian Unlimited. Welcome to the Summer in the City podcasts, brought to you in association with Nivea Sunlight Feeling Lotion. Visit nivea.co.uk/lightfeeling for more information. I'm Anna Pickard, and this is Summer in the City for Guardian Unlimited. shoes. I'm not sure whether that's the official motto of the city or not, but if it isn't, then it should be. Or they should at least print it on any tickets giving the city as a destination, because there are plenty of pieces of advice on offer. But the greatest one is this. Wear comfortable shoes. Arriving at the airport just now, I was all set to buy myself a Lisboa card, the multi-purpose tourist card that acts as both a travel and a cultural pass, and I was stunned by a refreshingly useful piece of tourist advice. Though the Lisboa card represents value for money in some circumstances, I was told in no uncertain terms I shouldn't bother. Nothing much happens on a Sunday, and most museums, they're closed on Mondays. Better to buy a Seven Colinas card. There's a reasonable airport bus that will take you all the way into the city centre, making about a dozen stops along the way if your hotel happens to be en route. But once you find a metro station, simply buy yourself a Seven Colinas card. It's under four euros. It's, it's basically a one-day travel card, and it covers all city metros and buses and trams and elevadores, uh, the lifts and funicular railways that give tired legs a helping hand with the hills. But if you do want to explore the city on foot, then all you have to do is pick a direction and then walk off that way. And pretty soon you'll find yourself going up a vertical slope. More likely than not, you'll find yourself wandering around the castle and the Alfama district, an area I've been exploring with illustrator and children's author Lucy Pepper. All around this is the, the Bairro de Castelo and Alfama, which is the castle district and Alfama. And Alfama is the only part of this city left from before the earthquake in 1755. The rest was built afterwards or added to, but this is really... So it has tiny streets, tiny stairways, tiny houses built all on top of each other. It's really beautiful and really easy to get lost in. Over there you've got the Mosteiro de São Vicente. And over here we're looking across the river, the River Tejo, or Tagus as you lot call it. (laughs) So how, how should we pronounce that again? Tejo. Tejo. Yeah. Okay. So you can come to Lisbon and say, show me to the River Tejo and they'll mm. love you. So if you go, can you go show me to the River Tigus, please? Then they, you know. <laughs> so what are we looking at it. from here? So what we're looking at, we're looking across the river, which is actually, it looks like we're looking into the sea because it's, it's an enormous basin. Mm. Um, where it goes to the sea, where it meets the sea, is actually a lot narrower. So it's kind of, you can lose your bearings a bit because it looks like it's the other way around. But we're looking across the river to uh, a very industrial town called Barreiro. Behind that, you can see more or less, it's very hazy today, but you can see Arabida, which is where I live, which is um, uh, the Serra de Arabida, which is a mountain range. And that's, that's south of the river. That's the peninsula, the Stubal Peninsula, uh, which is because the main city is Stubal. And uh, luckily, we have two bridges to get over. We've got Vincinc um, de Abril, the 25th of April, that comes over near the sea and over the other way up further up river is Ponte Vasco de Gama which is the longest bridge in Europe it's 12 kilometres long 
Wow. It's, I mean, that's how wide this river is. It's, it's very wide. So can you imagine the, the, the Vincent de Bril was only built in 1966. So before that, they were separate countries, virtually. You can imagine it was the only way to get over was the ferry or the boat. If you do happen to be exploring the Alfama district on a Saturday, it's worth carrying on to Campo de Santa Clara for the Fiera de Ladra, a huge flea market that continues until mid-afternoon. You're unlikely to pick up a priceless antique, but if you're a sucker for a bit of kitsch, it's a vibrant atmosphere, and it shows quite a different side of the city to the tidy walls of the castle on top of the hill or the manicured lawns of the zoological gardens. Though the fact that you're developing cars of steel almost by accident might be attractive, you still find that you want to give your feet a break occasionally. There are tourist-only tram routes, open-top sightseeing buses and other dedicated tours, but it's an impressive public transport system and it covers almost every inch of the city. For trams, the number 28 runs through the centre of the city, from up near the Cemetario Inglés, through the Bayo Alto, through the centre of the city, and then it skirts round the edge of the Castle Hill and ends up in a square just east of the Rocio. It's mentioned on our tip site, been there, that these trams can get very busy at times, with tourists swamping the locals who also use the service. So it can be worth being a bit crafty and hopping onto the end of the line nearest to wherever you are and then jumping back on again at the terminus to make sure you get a seat for the rather scenic return journey. Be careful, though. As Emma P says, also on being there, it's a well-known tourist route and, as such, will always attract pickpockets. The metro is ace. It's really quick, really clean, and with only four lines, easy to navigate. In a weird reversal of many city centres, while messy graffiti covers the city above, the metro system itself is relatively unscathed. In fact, more than unscathed. Each station having its own clear themes in tiles and artwork and the occasional statue and moulded pillars here and there for, for effect. And if you're too cheap to get a travel card, you could always just pay less than a euro for a single fare and then spend most of the day riding the four lines and enjoying the free art gallery that make up the platforms and the walkways. Lisbon is famed for its nightlife. And you'll find most of the best restaurants and bars and clubs in the Bayra Alto district. Fleur de Luxe is a superb little Moroccan restaurant in the middle of the maze of streets, but there are plenty to choose from. Well, I usually recommend the, the simplest things in Portugal, like grilled fish, grilled meat, grilled steaks. Uh, it usually comes with plain vegetables, plain salads, plain things, because as soon as it gets uh, stewy or soupy, it, gets a bit, it can get a bit rich and overpowering. And the fish here is it just comes straight from the sea, so it's, it's, it's fresh as... Uh, as you can get and it's just um, beautifully grilled it's beautifully fresh and you can get uh, corvina which we've just eaten what and was the um, rice thing you were talking about oh yeah well there? sometimes you can go to a place and it'll say a roche de on the menu it's like a roche de prawn or a roche de chien uh, or something and it comes in a huge pan you, you, if you ate it you'd die it's so huge um, and it's usually for two people but usually you can get four people out of it but if you like kind of soupy rice, it's delicious. It's worth bearing in mind that if you are going out for dinner in the Barrio Alto, there's a cafe on top of Elevador Santa Justa, which is quite a nice place to have a beer as the sun sets over Lisbon. Although it does have a pretty 
terrible soft rock background at the moment, but uh, it's nice. The sun's going down on the cruise ships and the uh, and the brightly coloured buildings in the castle. And a cold beer is just what you need. If you want to hear Fado, the mournful blues most identified with the region, you'll find the best venues here too, although many of them are exceptionally touristy. Adeja Majedo, recommended by Chris 2005 in our Been There Tips on Lisbon, is one of the slightly less tacky spots to hear it sung. Say, so, Lisbon loves Fado. There are other noises that they seem to love even more. If you are here during the football season, it's worth remembering that currently Lisbon houses two of the top three teams in Portugal. We rocked up to the ticket office the afternoon of the last match of the season and we were able to get tickets for about... 15 quid each in the 65,000-seater Stadium de Luz. The atmosphere in the stadium, created by the all-generation Benfica crowd, is amazing. And if you're looking for an alternative entertainment with real local passion, you couldn't do much better than this. One of the things you'll notice about Lisbon, if you visit on a beautiful summer weekend, is how quiet the city is. It's not for lack of people. No, no, the city is home to several million souls. It's because on a beautiful weekend day, anyone that can run away has. They've escaped the city, so why not do the same? If you're looking for a bit of sun-worshipping to complement your city break, the beaches of Cascais and the Estoril coast, a short hop by train or bus from the centre of town, will take you to the soft sands of the beach. Cascais and Estoril constituted the old Riviera of, of this area of Portugal. In, in, the, in the 40s and 50s and 60s, it was very swanky. It was like, you know, south of France or here, and it was uh, very rich people, a lot of English people. It's very anglicised over there. There are beaches, there's lots of restaurants, there's lots of uh, shops, there's... Uh, but it's kind of... That's it, you know. There's nothing to see or to do apart from, you know, things that are in the town... For me, it's sad because it's it's really faded because it's suddenly become hugely urbanised, and uh, its forties glamour is just gone. It's not kind of Monte Carlo. So instead, we decided to take to the hills. In Sydney, there are three palaces yeah. or castles. One is a hotel, which I'm not sure if you can go into, but you can see it from the outside. Oh. It's called Sitiaj, and it's very beautiful and has a great view. The other one is the Moorish Castle, which is the ruins of a Moorish castle, which is near to Palacio de Pena, which is the, the very strange Bavarian-style palace on top of a Portuguese mountain. It's so mad that I can see it from where I live on the other side of the river, which is, must be 30 miles from there. 
as the crow flies. And it just looks like something you'd see in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Do you remember the castle in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? It just looks like, you walk up to it and you go, oh my God. So it's when you're in Sintra, you can't actually see it because it's up the mountain, it's very high hidden. But once you get there, it's quite a spectacle. And that's, that, that's the main attraction of, of Sintra. The trains to Sintra are cheap, under four euros for a return. They're frequent, once every 20 minutes throughout the day, and they're quite quick, taking less than 40 minutes from Entra Campos, which is on the yellow metro line, to Sintra. What they are not is beautiful. There may be some very scenic railway journeys in Portugal, but this isn't one. From Sintra Viva, you can catch the bus 434 from lots of different stops up to the Castelo de Muras or the uh, Palace de Peña. You have to excuse me, it's a 20-minute walk from the gates of the uh, Parco de Peña up to the palace. And it's worth bearing in mind that almost everything around these parts is closed on a Monday. So while the Castillo de Muras might be worth going to, um, because it's basically a ruin, the palace, like lots of the museums and things in Lisbon, is closed on a Monday so it's a steep walk up through some very beautiful gardens filled with the kind of flowers that I'm sure people who knew anything about flowers could identify to a crazy 1840s um, whimsy castle that you can't actually get into but it is pretty damn impressive and the views are absolutely gorgeous while the whimsical Palace de Peña was a uh, fine example of why aristocracy should never be given free reign over architecture. The Castillo de Moros is, in contrast, a real man's castle. It's huge slabs of stone on the top of a hill overlooking both Lisbon and the coast as it winds its way north. It's incredible, even on a cloudy day such as this, it's just gorgeous. <laughs> and I've been told there's one thing I can't leave without having. Cake. Um, cakes. Well, it took me a while to, to really appreciate Portuguese cakes because I'm a cake lover, as you know, and I came here thinking, because I knew that cakes were a big part of Portugal, so I came here thinking, oh, I'm going to go to the, the patisserie and it's going to be full of great big cream cakes like you, you'd find in a in a French city or something or an English city and with you know cream and custard and raspberries and fruit and mm, yummy chocolate and you go into a Portuguese pastelaria and it's all kind of it looks all very similar because it's mostly yellow there's lots of yellowness because it's everything almost everything is very eggy and made of eggs and custard tarts here which are called pastéis de nata are the most amazing thing. If you've ever eaten a custard tart in England, forget about it, it's horrible. These ones are just, they come out, well, they come out of the oven and they're warm and you sprinkle a bit of cinnamon on them and you just melt. And the, the, the pastry is kind of a, it's a kind of flaky puff pastry, but it's all dense and crunchy on yep. the edges. It's too good. <laughs> so, okay, if I want, if I want to get, where should I go for, for a pastry? <laughs> Well, there's one special place that you have to go if you're in Lisbon for more than a minute. It's Pastéis de Belém. It's a cake shop. Well, it's a pastel shop. 
right in Belém, which is next, which is along the river towards Kishkaj, but it's still part of Lisbon. And it's where the, the monastery of Jerónimoj is. And anybody will tell you where it is. You go, I want to Pastel de Belém, and you just, they'll send you there. It's a Pastel de Nada, and it, um, it's called, but they, but they are the Pastel de Belém, because they're the most famous and they're the best. You go in there, and there's a horde of people there, all day, every day. So by the time I'm leaving, I've got rock-hard calves from all the hills, the calves of my dreams, and have filled myself with delicious pastries that will go straight to my hips. Lisbon, I love you, but you've made me look like a ginormous skittle. You've been listening to the Summer in the City podcasts, brought to you in association with Nivea Sunlight Feeling Lotion. Visit nivea.co.uk slash lightfeeling for more information. Guardian Unlimited.